This month, I made my way to Munich for the annual Munich Jewelry Week. The event is considered a not-to-be-missed part of the global contemporary jewelry calendar and brought together jewelers from around the world. With over 50 fringe events and the main handwerk messe, it was wonderful to also attend a range of lectures and pick up the latest edition of the Current Obsession paper, dedicated to Munich Jewelry Week. For this month's episode, I caught up with Marina Anskaya and Frank Verkaad, two key members of the team behind Current Obsession and the organization of the Munich Jewelry Week hub. Marina, who is the co-founder and creative director, and Frank, who looks after talent development at Current Obsession, met me in the hub for a discussion about the magazine, the experience of organizing Munich Jewelry Week and their future plans. I always like to start by asking both of you to tell me a little bit about yourself yeah. and what it is you do. Okay. Do you want to start here? Yeah, sure. My name is Marina Elenske. I am the creative director of Current Obsession. I have an education in journalism. My first one, television and radio direction, which I uh, got back home when I was pretty young. And then I did uh, a goldsmithing education in Italy at Alchimia Jewelry School. And then I did um, design, uh, jewelry design degree at uh, Rietveld Academy in Amsterdam. And uh, it's been a minute, but I managed to combine the both. And it was a big interest for me, uh, the storytelling, um, the interesting journeys that artists take, the current obsessions of... Uh, people who are obsessed with a subject or a theme or material and they really dive into it and so my thesis when I was uh, graduating was about uh, contemporary jewelry and the makers within it and it started with interviews and that's how the whole current obsession thing came about and this is a, a, what I've been doing for the past 10 years. My name is Frank from Fukade. Uh, I was actually trained as a maker in product design but relatively soon after I switched more to educational curatorial projects and I ended up also for that reason with Current Obsession uh, and also then within Current Obsession I mostly focus on the educational uh, programs of talent development and uh, yeah, I think that's a good bridge also to what we're doing here. And what inspired you to start mm. Current Obsession? What is sort of the magazine's development up until today and then of course it's evolved into much more than just a magazine, it's a yeah. platform, it's <laughs> to talent development. Things. So how did that journey start and how has it evolved? Yeah, so um, back in 2012, when I was graduating from the Rietfeld, a friend of mine, Sarah Mesritz, who is uh, also a jewelry designer, she graduated from Maastricht Academy. We were driving uh, to Germany on the way to Oranienbaum, which is ironic because that's where I met Frank yeah, too, all those years, uh, you know. Uh, and it was a kind of a fateful ride because we were just talking about, you know, we were fresh graduates and struggling with um, just like what's next, you know, how it is. And oh, she was like, how do we put ourselves out there, the field out there? And we're talking about like, what, why don't we just make a magazine? I don't know who said that first. <laughs> why don't we make a magazine? And uh, it sounded so crazy because neither of us had any experience. And um, and so we were just like, let's try. And we invested our own money into it. So it was just like a very small enterprise. And 
uh, we managed to find also the graphic designers were also from the retail and it started really like from the you know these people that you know the, the, the sort of network that you have and it was a struggle in the beginning to kind of get it because you, it, obviously you, you can't find ads or people don't buy because they didn't know and what we did we came to Munich in 2013 and we used the lack of the map that was uh, uh, obviously not available at the time people were printing huge PDFs and uh, you know making these like thick uh, folders for themselves and we thought like hey let's make a map and you put it on the back of the magazine and then people had to buy the magazine too sort of uh, and it worked and so both launched the magazine and the Munich Jewelry together we saw a big niche for you know writing about jewelry putting uh, you know, putting interviews out, giving voices to makers, giving voices to younger generation, graduates, people who are you, you know, recent graduates. And so those were the things that we were interested in, and they're still going strong. I think also Frank coming on board with the Gemzy uh, talent development program, which is now in the second cycle. So all those echoes are still there, but it's just bigger. And like, of course, we've been around already for 10 years, so... It just became more defined, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, interests are still all, uh, you know, like I think Sarah put it really well. She was like, if we make a magazine about jewelry and just put it on the shelf next to like a- Apartamento or like, I don't know, Vogue, and then people would see that there's this field and uh, we will just literally be next to them. And they were like, oh, that would be so cool. And <laughs> here, we, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You'd like to add to that? Maybe about, no. about that trip to Oranienbaum? Yeah, well, it's, it's magical. <laughs> it's so interesting because this is where I met him and we actually had this great time there. Sarah was at the time a jewelry designer yeah. and you were... I was just starting to work for Ted Melton, yeah. So, yeah, I, was, I started working for jewelers, but I quickly, even though I really liked it, I realized that for me there was a bigger impact to make by uniting people and that's what I recognized in current obsession and... Yeah, I think when they asked me to join the team, I was obviously really, really happy. And to the talent development program specifically, I think all the core values were already actually in current obsession. But then to, to find it into a program, and I think that was sort of the next step that we yeah. took. And I think what you see in the program on a smaller scale, I think is also sort of the wish that we have for the field. Because I think it's very much about interconnectivity, and it's, it's a rather small community, but a really tight community. Like also, if you're here at Munich Jewelry Week, you every now and then who are like a loud scream and people are running towards each other to hug each other. It's really special, but I think because mm-hmm. it's so international, you need to find ways to yeah, keep the discourse going. Yeah. And for me specifically, it was about what we all, I think, know. If you, after you graduate, even if you have success or not, to keep going, to keep momentum is quite difficult and to have conversations. Obviously, all those sort of discourse changes, the vocabulary changes, every, everything changes, basically. So it's just really important to in addition to behind your bench, make beautiful work, also every now to step out and to, to connect to each other. I think. That's right, yeah. So in the past years, current obsession has changed the way contemporary artistic jewelry is photographed, presented, and experienced. This is something you put out there as well. It's part of our workshop. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. By making connections with neighboring creative fields, I wanted to ask, you know, current obsession places contemporary jewelry in a larger context mm-hmm. of today's visual culture how important is this for the discipline and what would you encourage designers to do to ensure they communicate their work broader mm-hmm. 
That's a great question because I think this is definitely the key struggle with the field and something we've been pushing against and still are pushing interdisciplinarity, collaboration. And I remember when I started talking about it 10 years ago, people were like, it was kind of a dirty word. Yeah. <laughs> True. Seemed like, no? Yeah. And um, what I mean by that is that you can't be everything yourself. And if you try, it, you're going to fail. Because if you're a maker, you might not be a writer or a photographer or a web designer, but you need to use people around you. You need to use your classmates and they should use you and use each other, have a drink together, have a you know conversation and you know, ask your writer friend to write your text. Don't write it yourself. Do it with someone who is actually good at good it. At and it, yeah. uh, and it, it, it goes, you know, beyond that. But so, so it's, for individual artists, it's always about just putting themselves out there and, like, connecting. But also for us, for example, on the cover of this Munich Jewelry Week paper, we have uh, an image by a really famous photographer, Paul Koiker who is one of the number one photographers in the Netherlands, fashion photographer. And it was a great opportunity because he's part of a show here in, uh, at Galitzing. Um, but when people saw a non-jeweler on the cover, you know, people say, well, who is this? We don't know it. But, but, uh, but at the same time, people who, par- who are part of the publishing world, the graphic design world, photography world, they were thrilled. And yeah. uh, that's how we got into a bunch of stores here or like our distributor was super excited when they knew, were like oh my god we're huge fans yeah. and this is the strategy we've been using and with those people come their people and the field grows larger and we are always trying to do this and it's like it and it most of the time it works and, and most of the time people actually really stay in the field as well because it's actually quite a nice uh, discipline and people understand that it's very profound and there's so much there and so um, yeah I would say just burst that bubble <laughs> yeah and I think also like to add what I think is really uh, wonderful even before I joined I think it's to sort of look at it as a lens so as a jewelry lens mm-hmm. instead of it just being you know this an object an yeah, object yeah, 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 yeah. there's mm-hmm. so much like also and what you also mentioned with the work of Paul for example there's so much like Jewelryness in, in it, it. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. full of it, mm. and I think it's I think it's a quality of our field that we're so tight knit and it's so sort of we know what it looks like and who who is who, uh, but it's also I think good to build bridges and yeah, to see yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. why don't flirt with this field or you know to make different connections. I think the foundation's already there. I don't think we need to be afraid of like ooh what's you know where's yeah, it going to go. Yeah, being insecure because I think that it has a lot to do with insecurity. Yeah being comfortable and being gatekeeping a little bit you know like since you achieve something in this field you it's difficult to sort of you know let go and perhaps people from another discipline will be like you know and so this always brings me to question like this insecurity has no connection to reality because it's a one of the oldest disciplines in the world, one of the most uh, substantial and iconic, and uh, people were adorning themselves and adorning uh, each other to recognize each other, to know where they belong since the dawn of time. So what's the, you know, it's just, it's a perfect base to go from, so. (laughs) Okay, so current obsession works to expand and to empower the meaning of what adornment is mm-hmm, right yeah 
Um, yeah. So my question is, what is and what is not a doorman today? And what discussions do you feel jewelry designers are or should be engaging in at this moment in time around the debate of a doorman? I'm not sure if it's up to us to say people should or shouldn't do, but I definitely think we would like to motivate people to explore it. Because it's specifically also, I think, with I always mention that the Dutch word see that, it really in the word itself sort of it um, emphasizes um, the decorative sort of nature of it. Plus, mm. it's so much more like it's social, political, cultural, it's, it's in so many layers. And I think just to look at a dormant, whether it be on a body or when it be like an embodiment of its own, mm. there's so much meaning in it. So I think, yeah, again, it's not up to us, I think, to say what to or what not mm. to, or what it is or what it isn't. But as long as we sort of keep our explorative mm. mindset on, I think, yeah, the possibilities are endless. And also, I think it's maybe interesting also for you to talk about the, the new magazine. I think it's it's not just also the physical, it's also the digital that we're also like sort of traveling into now altogether. So... There's so much to explore, yeah, so. and just the word itself—it's not—it's kind of a, a new step for us. We're talking about where we are now. We we expanded into a dormant actually with, since Frank stepped in. It became really apparent that there is more than to the word, you know, that just jewelry, and so we're using it as a larger umbrella of signifiers, and it can be uh, makeup, drag art, fashion artifacts. Tattoos, it could be body modifications, it's AR filters, it's Instagram, it's uh, all these things that help you become uh, more or maybe perhaps hide or just sort of ex you know explore your identity. And um, it's a huge field, so yeah. Yeah, one of the things I have been asking a lot to my previous sort of podcast audience given that we live in a really challenging world with a lot of battles and we know the consequences of human-centered thinking. Yeah. There is a question there about what role we as jewelry designers and those who create around the body and human beings, mm -hmm. whether we can also engage in discussions or what, what, what is jewelry in a post-anthropocentric, right, you right, know, right, right. beyond... Yeah thinking about the human. Yeah, but I do think, I mean, at least, also I think it, I see it both uh, within the people we talk to with the magazine, but I also see it here at, at the week. I think people are becoming more aware of the sort of the ecology, so the relationship between themselves and their surroundings. And I think materiality is a huge, huge topic now, to sort of know, like, what are precious materials, yeah. where are they from, what does it mean to even transport them, them? exactly, yeah. transform them. Uh, make them your own, uh, to extract things, and I think they're sensitive subjects, uh, but therefore, yeah, there's no reason not to explore it, I think it's really, really important to become more aware. Yeah, it's and, all about yeah. being aware, I think, yeah. Like and don't be too afraid to have that dialogue, because yes, it might be sensitive and difficult, especially... But it doesn't mean you should, Exactly, yeah. not even more reason to. Um, mm. but so I do think that the... the people have shifted more from a human-centric perspective to something bigger that they're aware. I mean, you also see like this relationship with yeah, human, non-human, whether it be like the animal, whether it be the alien. There, there's so many people that are already, I think, on that boat. Uh, we are here at the Munich Jewelry Week Hub. 
This is the background noise my podcast audience will be listening to in Munich. One of the most important, not the only one, but one of the most important annual events on the contemporary jewelry calendar, where this year, Current Obsession has its own base um, with a schedule of exciting talks. What are the advantages and disadvantages of these types of physical and perhaps disciplinary focused events and why did you feel it was good and important to have a base mm-hmm. all this year? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult because we're exploring it as, yeah, as, we, as we go, you know, it's, a, it's been a lot of talks and reflection on it and we still need to kind of sit down and digest it, <laughs> digest it and what was the valuable thing about it and perhaps do we want to continue but um, you know we've been doing discussions like in Munich already for a while so social clubs we would do every every morning already for many years and it's just a, it's just a bigger kind of version of it but what I love is that it's a great opportunity people from all over the world are here post-covid it's insane I haven't seen some people in five uh, you know a longer years and um, it is so important to check in with each other and to just have this moment not superficial you know at an opening over a drink but really really like look at each other's work really sit down and have a, a moment together and, and also a moment with others I think that's the most important part um, and we are so lucky that so many people trust us and we were able to put this together in two months without even having images of the space and we managed to uh, get RCA, Konsvak, Royal College of Art in, in Antwerp, Rietveld and uh, Mafad and all, all these great schools on board and you know we've been, we've been working with students for a long time and so for us it's just so important to support the community and be together and the best thing about Munich for me when I was when I was younger when I was um, graduating all these people you meet yeah. all these opportunities it creates all the shows that happen for pretty much everyone will tell you I met this person in Munich uh, I met my gallerist in Munich I met my my buds in Munich I'm making this collective now because we met all these years ago and we had a beer so um, it's huge it's huge so here we are just kind of like you know, we had this opportunity, so why not? Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I think and also I think it, it sort of adds onto the point what we were mentioning before about connectivity. Right. We always hear it's like, oh, I haven't been able to see this. I want to go there. But it's so, because it's like, let's not underestimate Like, it's such a huge thing. Right. And I think that in combination also with the location where we're at now, it's so central. A lot of people come in that don't know anything about jewelry, which again, in terms of visibility, is interesting. And I hope that the city of Munich and also the people that live here understand the cultural value that these artists bring yeah. and let's hope that more people uh, uh, like a partner this year like Lizzie Keister is our partner in this uh, adventure and yeah, she saw space. that value mm-hmm. yeah. so this is actually going to be turned to a hub of like seven floors it's going to be called Lovecraft um, whether it be here next year or somewhere else I just hope that people understand uh, yeah, what these uh, wonderful artists bring yeah. I want to touch up on the digital and you said pandemic and you know the digital is a topic the magazine doesn't shy away from mm-hmm. US current obsession don't are not shy about tackling this as a topic but mm-hmm. practically through using digital tools mm-hmm. for its audience and by covering those who use technology within jury as well so following the pandemic uh, what are 
in your opinion, or what has the magazine covered as major changes and challenges or opportunities surrounding our increasingly digital culture that a medium like jewellery with, of course, firm roots in handwork and sort of should negate or discuss or can negate and discuss. I think it's so interesting when, when digital technologies are being discussed, seeing as a kind of a counter a counter to like the hand crafts. It, isn't. it is it isn't. absolutely a craft. <laughs> it, it takes, if you talk to anyone who makes filters or who creates digital artworks, they will tell you just how much skill and how much time goes into Labor, making yeah. uh, those images and those incredible surfaces. It's, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely goldsmithing and in a way that it's just an, another level, another tool. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen the, the kind of contrariety in it. For me, it's I, I really recognize it, and um, I think it's great that there is, per, you know, perhaps the pandemic accelerated this, right? And um, these voices were more like present and heard, and now it became like a, a kind of full partner in the, in the art art world and in a discourse. But um, yeah, I, I don't think we've ever we we really embraced it really quickly. And yeah. one of the liaisons that we've had already five six years ago was uh, Ines Ines Alpha, who I discovered by chance. She was part of some show uh, at the Sandberg Institute, and it was literally like a two second chopped videos of just digital art. Something about her piece. I was like, what is this? So I had to Google every single for they have, were really bad at <laughs> crediting everyone. I had to Google every single person. Finally, I saw her and she, what she was doing, she was faking what now is a filter. She would ask her friends to send a video of themselves sort of like in slow motion. And on that video, she would kind of fake this presence of this digital, what she calls makeup, but it's actually dormant right? the way I see it. So it's like, either perhaps an extension of a body or some kind of alien tissue or scales or bubbles or whatever. And she was the person who literally pushed Instagram, she and people like her, to develop this technology, which now is completely uh, massive. And I think it's so interesting that, she, that, that people like her were like, I need to find a way to make this real. And and just a few years later, it happened. So that's 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 amazing, and uh, I think it's it's just another way of ador an adorning. And you know, how much time do we spend on screens? How much time do we spend on zooms and calling each other? And why not? Yeah, like why not be uh, wear something that makes you feel maybe a little more dramatic or uh, <laughs> fabulous. Completely agree. And also, I think again, in line with what we're doing at Current Obsession, I think to think about the last couple of years, how we sort of yeah, altogether migrated to this digital realm and right. that was our life. And of course it's going to have its reflections on what we do now. And mm. I think what I personally really like about the digital that I think a lot of artists that I see do well there still have a freedom in the digital realm. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying it's because we often talk about real or unreal or, or fake, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, but I do think sort of the, the expresses of, so the expressiveness of like identity uh, over there feels to me more free yeah and i think I, I did an interview with ines alpha some years ago and she put it really well that she 
actually was really shy person and really insecure and she was like I just wanted to it's not about beautification but it's just about becoming who you are and like just feeling a little bit more confident and whatever that is right it could be like a really simple basic filter but something really insane but it's just about uh, you know embracing that identity and that's what jewelry was been it's always been doing right so yeah it's just it's just kind of like a, a next you know a next level up level up so this is here we are here we are now and mm-hmm. that's what we're doing so yeah and again I don't think we should be afraid of it it's another thing to embrace like it's yeah. I also think it's a hype I think it's unfair it's seen as a hype mm. I think that no. really sort of devalues the hard work mm. and labor and again yeah. the crop yeah. that's in there people that uh, make this kind of work yeah. yeah, embrace and by embracing also challenge its disadvantages mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah there is of course we know with digital also an unpoliced yeah because to Completely. you it's, oh, it's often real. is yeah, unpoliced and yeah. you know if we're looking at artificial intelligence there mm. are things oh, happening yeah. there Hopefully. that are you know we need to be there we mm. need to be in the space so that yeah. we can be part of the discussion and, yeah. and mm-hmm. start and disrupt helping. this <laughs> disrupt yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i think yeah. you know this is incredibly important to to both celebrate the positives and the opportunities that yeah. arise, but at the same time engage in the discussion as yes, to yeah. what it yeah. it also means for negative yeah as with every technology exactly yeah of course we're here i know you have been very busy has (laughs) there been a highlight it doesn't have to be a piece of work or just because i like it Um, it could just be a conversation or i really enjoyed csm's show uh, I actually, to be honest, I haven't seen that much. <laughs> I'm just gonna be realistic. We had to spend a lot of yeah, time of here. But I love. Um, I don't know if I can if, if I say the name correctly. Joe Joe Harrison Hall, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, her work is amazing, and I. Ex- it was. It's a pandemic, you know, pandemic work, and it's about this like rinse and repeat. It's about cleansiness and uh, obsession with uh, sort of like the. The soap and uh, and she, I saw it for the for the first time in real and it's absolutely incredible. It was really 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 good to meet the work and um, also meet her <laughs> and just see like they always put up a really good show. So I, I enjoyed that I think she even also co curated it. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah. what about you? I've seen probably even less, so I'm not going to mention the show. I think for me, <laughs> uh, it is. Um, I think witnessing people reuniting. It sounds really corny, but I mean, mm. it's been for so many people so long. Right, and uh, right. we had the party yesterday, and just to, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the cutest because it's, it's, it's not every community. Yeah. Not everybody's embraced by a hug and a loud scream. And it's, I think, something really special. Like everybody is all over the world, but then they unite in this wonderful and strange city. And I think, because I mean, it's, it's, it, it's been away for a few years. You never know how it's going to recover. So. Yeah. That's what I think most happy with. Yeah. And talking about postponed shows, we just were at the Teresa Hilbert's um, uh, solo at the Pinacotec de Modena. Yeah. They had a, a press preview, and uh, her show also took really long to develop. And uh, the lives work, there's pieces from when she just was a student, really mm-hmm. young, and uh, you see somebody's complete over and. It was really, really incredible. It's so impressive. Yeah, and yeah. They, they had a book, and yeah, I, I was just like really touched by seeing someone putting up something so so personal and yeah. every single piece. And 
the way she is, the way she just looks and talks about the work. I was really, 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 that's definitely a huge highlight. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The work is just the talking, like it's so well made, it's so to its essence. And also, even though she was being interviewed, she just didn't use too many words. Yeah, yeah. Everything to the core, like, yeah, yeah. Really special. Really nice one as well. Looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Last question because I don't want to take too much of your time. No, but you know, what's in store for you both coming up and current obsession? Anything we should yeah, be looking any. forward to? Yes. Anything you want to talk to any jewelers about for applying to? Oh, or? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a busy year for us. Uh, we are releasing the magazine, the eighth issue which is an interesting premise where we are um, doing it chapter by chapter throughout the year. So we released it already actually in February, but it was an empty magazine. Uh, so just as a concept, and we are going to release it um, every three months, a new chapter. So around three, four months, so it's like about five chapters. And it's about getting together. So the, the real events, IRL events, discussions, workshops, performances are documented and become content. And at the end of the year, we will release the full magazine, the second launch. And the theme is the placeholder. And so it's, a, it's, it's about this empty vessel that is being filled. And I see jewelry being that um, vessel for power, vessel for information, emotion, um, heritage, many things. So the placeholder is like my main uh, kind of baby. And it's quite, yeah, it's going to be quite cool, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one thing. And then we, in November, we will do, again, the, um, the Obsessed Jewelry Festival in its fourth edition. Um, we were hit by the pandemic, so last one was digital mostly. But we, we, we had some viral events, but it was a bit like, hmm. Um, so we're coming back and for Obsessed there will be some really interesting events. We had an open call and it still is go ongoing. So definitely people are welcome to apply and it's uh, a festival that takes place throughout the Netherlands and Antwerp <laughs> and well I say Belgium but yeah it's mostly only Antwerp. mostly Antwerp. <laughs> um, and so yeah that's November and yeah. uh, the highlights of well, I'm not sure it's hard, it's my <laughs> baby. Um, Gem Z, so we're um, concluding the second cycle of the Gem Z program uh, with an exhibition. We're returning to uh, the new institute in Rotterdam. Yeah. And as we mentioned before, the interdisciplinary character of what we do. Um, for the ones that don't know, the new institute is uh, both a research organ but also a museum for design, architecture and digital culture. And we presented the first cycle there and just to present it against that backdrop of that institution it was really interesting for us. And they also liked it. So we've been asked to uh, make it into a three-month exhibition. So the elephant participants of the, the program are going to be exhibiting there. With new work, all new brand work. new work yeah, that we've developed as part of this program. So Frank is curating also the curatorial, but also the uh, colloquial. Sort of we, we select a really interesting interdisciplinary uh, group of people to instruct them to to help them kind of develop work and we will show it in november yeah, yeah. so anybody that's around i guess that's it no this yeah. for this year right yeah or am i forgetting no, something I, think uh, I guess you should you know everyone listening should follow you guys yeah 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 we have a newsletter so that's yeah that's we always communicate pretty much and on instagram as well yeah, so, yeah. yeah for sure 
watch right. this space. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much thank for thank taking you. the time. Yes, of course. <laughs> to speak to me and yeah. for all the work you do. Thank you. So, thank you so yeah. much. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yes. Next month, I will be joined by another guest, so watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BAJ podcast episode titled Current Obsession at Munich Jewelry Week 2023, recorded live from the Munich Jewelry Week hub with Marina Alenskaya and Frank Fricard. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.